Yeah, hey, I rested my arm on your shoulder while I was trying to, like, film the uh, commissioner <laughs> making a statement yesterday. So thanks for being my uh, sort of tripod. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Really beautiful weather, as you heard Brendan indicate here in your Storm Team forecast for the coming days. If you've got travel plans or maybe even it's time to start camping. Debbie Lazica taking a closer look at what's on tap for campers in Wisconsin this year. the great outdoors, the fresh air, the birds, the mosquitoes. It's all part and parcel of the magic of camping. With this weekend being the unofficial start of the summer camping season, the DNR's Karina Renier says there's plenty to offer at all the state parks, but... Memorial Day weekend is one of our busiest weekends. We have got over 6,000 campsites, and I expect them to be nearly all full. As you can imagine, at the height of the pandemic, camping became the perfect option for recreation, and the numbers showed it. 2020, our numbers really went up. 2021, even more. And now that we've kind of leveled out a little bit, so the last couple of years have been pretty stable, but still significant more occupancy than pre-pandemic. And with prices anywhere from $20 to $40 a night, it's a super economical option too. This year, it looks like the weather is cooperating, finally. Yay! But one note. Going into this holiday weekend, it is a dry spell, so we are at a higher risk. As always, I mean, whether it's a high risk or low risk, we want to follow those good safety protocols. Those being using the provided fire ring, never leaving your campfire unattended, and fully dousing it before heading back into the sleeping bag. Oh, and leave the fireworks to the professionals. They're not allowed at state parks. Well, if they're so popular, how can you make sure you get a site? We do have online reservations and by phone as well. Folks can make a reservation up to 11 months in advance for campsites, or you can show up and make your reservation same day as long as there's availability. Oh, and don't forget to sign up for the notifications. Even if the campground you want is full, there are always cancellations, and those notifications give you a chance to pop in there and grab a site as soon as it becomes available. Yippee! And another tip. Try to get your campground sticker as soon as you can. It lets you bypass all the line of cars and a stop at the visitor center, getting you to your campsite as soon as possible. So there you have it, a tradition in the making. Camping in Wisconsin really is an excellent option for a great American holiday weekend. Debbie Lazaga, WTMJ News. You get more information about making camping reservations up on our website right now, WTMJ.com. Sports brought to you by Wisconsin Harley-Davidson in Oconomowoc, your destination dealer. It's next with Brandon Snide. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The roller coaster ride continued Thursday night for the Brewers in Milwaukee after winning three of their last four games. The Brewers failed to produce any runs and allowed Michael Conforto to go four for four, including a home run as the Giants take down the Brew Crew by a final score of 5-0. And the opening pitch hit in the air in the right center. When this one comes down, it's going to be 2-0 San Francisco, and it is 2-0. Bob Euchre on the call right here on WTMJ. Julio Tehran, who the Brewers just signed to a deal, he was the positive story of the game last night. He got the start, and he was pretty effective as he struck out five batters. 
and gave up only four hits and a walk over five innings of work. Thought he pitched wonderful. You know, he was on the edges uh, all night, really. Um, not very few pitches, um, you know, in the middle, and did a, did a nice job. Did as you know as much as certainly we could ask for. The Brewers are back at it tonight against San Francisco. First pitch is set for seven ten. Freddie Peralta is slated to get the start. Over to the NFL, where things in Green Bay could look a little bit different heading into 2023, but according to one former Packer great, the Magic Man, Don Mikowski, despite the change at quarterback, there's plenty to be excited about for Jordan Love in Titletown. Obviously, I've seen him in preseason games, haven't seen him in a couple regular season games, and I think the kid's got plenty of talent. I understand he's he's a great kid. You know, he's, he's very professional. Aaron even gave him high praises before he left. So he's got all the talent, and uh, he's got a young cast of players around him now. I think he's going to be set up for success, and I, I think he's going to be great. I think it's going to be fun for Packer fans to have a new start with, uh, you know, some fresh new faces. The Magic Man joined Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee on Thursday. The Packers wrapped up their first block of OTAs this week and will resume them again starting on Tuesday, May 30th. Lastly, over to the NBA as the Boston Celtics have new life in the Eastern Conference Finals. After once being down three games to none, Boston dominated Miami on Thursday night by a final score of 110-97 to to win their second game in a row. The series now shifts back to Miami for Game 6 on Saturday night, with the Heat leading the series three games to two. Starting Unlimited, WTMJ News Time 718. Why not? 721 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning. So much to talk about with Editor-in-Chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal, Mark Cass, who joins us live now this morning. Mark, I want to talk about the appearance of Major League Baseball Commissioner... Boy, I almost called him Roger Goodell. Wrong sport. We'll get to football in a moment. <laughs> Wait a second. Football. You can do everything, right? You can be whatever sport you want. Then. Well, man, we're in a perfect collision. Actually, that gets us into it. Perfect yeah. collision of sports and business here in Milwaukee yep. and in Wisconsin. So we'll talk NFL draft in a moment. But right now, the ongoing right. funding debate about American Family Field. Any takeaways you have from what the commissioner was saying here in town? You know, I thought it was real interesting because he obviously had a message of, of that it needs to happen, but yet he wouldn't go to the threatening example. And I understand that because, I mean, they still have a long time on their lease. Remember, I mean, the lease runs through 2030. So for them to leave right now or to threaten to leave, it's, you know, really doesn't work as well. Obviously, when we look back at 2016 and the NBA and the Bucks, I mean, it was happening then. And, and you know, I mean, Adam Silva was saying, if you don't have a new arena, I mean, the Bucks are going to leave. So kind of a different situation. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to start to apply some heat to the, to, to, to the state legislature to, to really kind of move this along throughout the summer and in the fall because it needs to happen. They also seem to be hammering on this lease thing, if you heard, and I'm sure you heard it again, saying, saying that the lease says you have to do, to do this, to really kind of hopefully, hopefully hold the state and say you need, to, you, need to, you need to step up here. I think it's going to get messy because you know the city and county want our hearing calls to get involved, right? But you saw the vote at the county yesterday saying, uh, no, thank you. We don't want to put our money into this. So this one has a long ways to go. There, There is no doubt about it. You know, uh, could you explain that a little bit more? Because we were talking about it earlier. I know a lot of fans believe yeah. that their obligation as taxpayers to American Family Field once Miller Park is done because the sales right. tax was that 1% 
of one cent sales tax is done, and therefore we did our part. But in the particulars of the lease is now as landlord, we have a duty to maintain that stadium, and the brewers are saying there's not enough money right now left over. Exactly. I mean, think back to, or, or just think about owning a house. You own the house now, and you have to you have to maintain it and upkeep it. I mean, it's like, and it's, I mean, it's a lease. It's a legal thing that says that that stadium thing that was set up through the state needs to contribute and lead the way in terms of updating the ballpark and maintenance on the ballpark. Not everything. The brewers are spending money on their own in terms of upgrades, but the state needs to kick in. It's you know, it's kind of like maybe as you look at the economic benefits of this the state is getting a huge economic from this then they're helping to maintain it for the long term so i mean there's a lease in place the brewers are saying that that doesn't i mean it's a hard argument to sell i mean it's you know the average individual is going well you know i mean i don't care i don't want to help with you know these guys who make millions and millions of dollars with this ballpark when i we obviously when we have other issues in the community so this one is just a tough sell vince and you've seen it across the country these things are never easy they're always messy Hopefully it gets done, but I think it's gonna it's going to be a lot of ups and downs for months here. Talking with Mark Cass, editor in chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Mark, let's talk about uh, Green Bay securing the NFL draft for 2025. I know the Packers have worked on this, loud, isn't that? I mean, that's. For years. Isn't that just amazing to say that? Very cool to say that, isn't it? Well, and I'm wondering if you're hearing anything privately that maybe some folks don't want to say publicly about concerns of whether or not Green Bay can truly do what it's promising to do, which is handle the huge number of people that are expected to come here. Think about that. They're talking about three times the normal normal attendance of a Packers game. Three times the population of Green Bay? Right. Three times the population of Green Bay. In Green Bay, for. I mean, it's going to be crazy. I mean, they're talking rail cars to get up there. You know, the way I look at it, and I think the most interesting number that that I think got underplayed was the of the economic impact. It's of ninety four million dollars. Only twenty of it is actually in Green Bay. So think about that in terms of what that means for Sheboygan, for Appleton, for Oshkosh, and Milwaukee. You know, you were you were up at the Ryder Cup, and if you saw all of, all of us who were driving up up the freeway every day to get up there who were staying at the Hilton, who were staying at the Fister, who were staying in the heart of Milwaukee and spending money here. I think a lot of this is going to happen in Milwaukee. A lot of it's going to happen in Madison. A lot of it's going to happen in Kohler. Think of the, think, I mean, kind of think of the American club and what's going to be like there that week. I mean, this is not a Green Bay only event. It is a statewide event. And the economic impact should be that way. That's the only way it can happen. I mean, because if they just let this happen in Green Bay, they'll be sleeping in cots out on, looks probably out on, <laughs> right. outside the stadium, right? I and mean, it's not camping season that time of year. <laughs> in the Bay, right. I mean, of Green Bay, they'll be sitting on ships out there, either way. I mean, because there's just no way it can happen. Mark Cass, editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal, our partner and friend of the program. Thanks, Mark. Always good to talk to you, buddy. You have a great day. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Good morning, America. Just had video from that Asiana Airlines flight where the guy opened the door in the air. I do not like flying, and I feel more justified in my stance after watching that video. That is horrifying. (laughs) Here's Here's how CNN writes it up. The door of an Asiana Airlines jet opened 
As it was coming into land in South Korea Friday afternoon, leaving wind whipping through the plane's cabin as terrified passengers gripped their armrests, video of the incident shows. It does indeed. <laughs> this door is wide open, and it's just... We're talking about bad headlines today. A little bit? Yeah, we were. That's ba- The door didn't just open. The headline is, a guy opened the door. <laughs> right. Oh, door randomly opens. Still horrifying. Airline official said a man in his 30s was sitting at the emergency seat, seemed, seemed to have opened the door. When the aircraft was about 700 feet above the ground, about two to three minutes from landing in the city, company told uh, officials the plane did land safely. Local police said the man had been arrested. They said he confessed to opening the door but would not say why he did it. Just couldn't wait. Couldn't wait like 30 more seconds to land. Come I wonder, on, dude. I wonder if it was just one of those things, though, Deb, where the guy was sitting there going, I wonder what would happen if... <laughs> I just yanked it. Right? Or he, he had his door. foot up on the little lever. It's like bouncing it all of a sudden. Clank. Oh. oh, whoops. I do feel a little cheated, though, because I was always led to believe that if you open the door in an airplane as it was in the air, like everything would be sucked out, <sighs> right? Well, that's like, if you're like, up, like luggage 30, would just start feet. flying out of the door, but that didn't... That didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, right. but they were close to the ground, like Deb said. That's Just jump out of it. 700. Yeah. No problem. You can do it. Thanks, roll. Army guy. Just tuck that's, and good roll. Ad- that's good advice. <laughs> Just jump out. It worked for me. 744 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Brewers writer for MLB.com, Adam McAlvey, is on Brewers 360 next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After a dominating series win against Houston this week, Milwaukee was back at it on Thursday night but failed to produce any offense as six San Francisco pitchers combined on a four-hitter as the Giants come to Milwaukee and defeat the Brewers by a final score of 5-0. to zero. The Brewers are back at it tonight against San Francisco at American Family Field. First pitch is set for 7-10. Freddie Peralta is slated to get the start. Brewers 360 is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Adam McAlvey, MLB.com. Brewers beat writer is with us this morning. Good to see you yesterday, bud. Yeah, hey, I rested my arm on your shoulder while I was trying to, like, film the uh, commissioner (laughs) making a statement yesterday. So thanks for being my uh, sort of tripod. Entirely fine. And folks uh, who don't know, Adam's about a foot and a half taller than me. So it worked out. (laughs) We were... We were together in a very tight media scrum yesterday. There were a couple of dozen reporters, and how it works is, you know, when you got, instead of when you, if you have a big-time news conference, usually you got somebody up at a podium, right? And everybody's in the little media auditorium, which they could have done, Adam, yesterday at American Family Field, but instead we were out there on the field talking to the Major League Baseball commissioner. Adam is behind me, and I was, like, right in there, you know, with my little recorder. And at one point, I did leave the scrum early. When we were on the third time around with the same question for the commissioner, I was out. <laughs> well, it is a, uh, you know, he, he weighed in yesterday on the funding issue, obviously, and it's a incredibly complicated one. And, and I think his message that you took away is, is really what the Brewers have said. They, their view is that this is an obligation that um, the, the state-created agency, the stadium district made when they when they built Miller Park, that, District is responsible for upkeep of the stadium, and that needs to be funded by public dollars. And right now the trick is figuring out which combination of, of entities pays for, for those upgrades over the next 20 years that they hope to keep the team here. So it's, it's really complicated, and it is getting to a point, and I think it's reflected by the commissioner's attendance and comments on this yesterday, that's getting to the point where I think you know, all sides are, are eager to get to a solution, but man, it's, 
it is a, a hard one to solve, and that's reflected in the kind of back and forth that we're all seeing and, and hearing about. Adam, could you provide a little bit of perspective? I don't mean for us to be defending or not defending American Family Field, but I'd imagine you've traveled to a few ballparks in your day. It wh- Where does American Family Field rank? I mean, are you like, man, this is the, one of the best places to go? Do you love it? Do you hate it? I can, I can think of a couple off the top of my head that are probably in worse shape than, than we're in right now. Well, I mean, this reflects the, the brewer's argument um, is that if you, if you defer maintenance, if you defer the sort of upgrades, the, the sort of keeping up with the Joneses that happens as new stadiums come into the league and teams do different things with the, their stadiums, then you run into trouble. And Miller Park is, is a stadium that's very alive. And, and I don't mean to be a homer by saying that. I mean, we do get to travel around to all the ballparks. And when you step into them, you can tell which parks are continually invested in and which parks that kind of stuff is kicked down the, the road. And the, the stuff that this money would go for, it's the back room stuff, it's the boilers, it's the, those bogeys that keep the roof running, but it's also some front-facing things. For example, the, the scoreboard is the responsibility of the stadium district, and there's going to be a new scoreboard coming because already that, that board that was installed in 2010 is, is about three years past um, like it's warrantied life. So those things get turned over over time. So there are things that fans see out there that are the responsibility of the stadium district. And when you're at a park that is alive, the the trip for me, there's very often for the Brewers a Denver Phoenix trip. And you go to Coors Field and the place is, it it, it, it is, you know, it's fresh. There's something new there every time. It feels like a new ballpark. And then you go to Phoenix and it's the opposite. It's a park where they have, unfortunately not been able to solve this funding issue and that park has sort of stagnated over the years and it's very stark because those parks are about the same age and they could not feel more different and i think what the commissioner was talking about yesterday is that that continuous investment is necessary to keep this a place that fans want to continue to come and for a team like the brewers that don't have the tv contract of these other teams it's a it's a huge disparity in the game something that they're working to figure out at the same time, um, you do need the, you need the, the, the brewers rely on fans to come through the turnstiles to keep the business churning. And by keeping the ballpark fresh, their, their view is that you, you continue to draw year over year over year and keep uh, this stadium an, an asset for the community, as the commissioner put it. Brewers writer Adam McCalvey with us on Fridays here on Wisconsin's Morning News. Find somebody else to rest your arm on tonight. <laughs> we'll do. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thanks, my friend. 751 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News is sponsored by your southeastern Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Tausch is off today and off Memorial Day as well. We'll rejoin us as usual on Tuesday morning after we get past the holiday weekend. But a great opportunity for us to talk a little bit more about something really special going on here this week at WTMJ. Steve Scafidi's Salute to Service. Each day we've been featuring another one of our local heroes. Now this is someone like a nurse or a police officer, firefighter, other first responder. They're heroes every day in what they do, but some find the way and the occasion to distinguish themselves in their line of work. And this is a more recent story potentially dangerous situation involving an individual with a gun in a neighborhood right near a school. Waukesha police officer Brandon Ernst immediately notified the school administration, got the school in a hold so students could keep learning while that building was secured. Here's his story. 
Hi, my name is Tom Shalmo. I'm the principal at Waukesha North High School. I am nominating Officer Brandon Ernst for the Salute to Service Award because Brandon is an integral part of the work we do at Waukesha North High School. During a recent safety concern, Brandon was front and center with all of our protocols. Kids came to him with a safety concern because they trust him and they know him. And we as an administrative team trust his judgment. He keeps us safe, but he also makes our school environment incredibly positive and welcoming. Start with breaking news at four Waukesha police arrested a 17 year old with a rifle near Waukesha North High School. Police say alert students called it in, pointing them to a teen in a backyard near Michigan and Green Meadow. This is Officer Brandon Ernst. I work for the City of Waukesha Police Department, currently employed as a patrol officer, but uh, my current assignment is school resource officer at Waukesha North High School. Been with the City of Waukesha for 11 years, and this is my second year as the school resource officer. You know, throughout my entire life, that identity of being a public servant or a first responder was certainly something that I always uh, looked up to and kind of aspired to. Um, and then just wanting to be there and help people, that's always been something that I looked forward to and wanted to try to accomplish myself. My wife is very proud of the job that I do, and my daughter's starting to kind of pick up being three years old. Um, you know, she's starting to tell me, you know, be safe every day when I when we give her the hugs and kisses goodbye. So that's new that she's kind of getting to that age where, you know, it's, you know, bye, Daddy, be safe today happened during our second lunch. There's two different lunches within our school depending on what grades get released at certain times. And I was alerted to our front atrium by some students who flagged down a staff member. Then at that point there were uh, a group of students that were kind of rushing back into the school from the school parking lot. They were very alarmed and concerned. They had informed me that they had just seen um, somebody wearing like a mask and had what looked like a rifle uh, just adjacent to the school. And police are crediting students with safeguarding the community this afternoon, saying it was the students that first saw the rifle, reported it to the school resource officer, who then called police. Uh, as soon as that uh, was discovered, I immediately went to my police car, uh, went you know, flying to the last known direction that it was described, ended up meeting with the patrol officers, and we uh, kind of took opposite sides, setting up a perimeter on the location, and then the rest of the patrol kind of did their thing that they're trained to do, and you know, enveloped the entire area, ended up surrounding that residence, and um, thank God they ended up finding that individual he was you know, hiding in a local residence area with the rifle, but thankfully no one, no one was hurt. I could go on and on. Brandon is amazing. He's, the, he's a model school resource officer. Like, yes, he's got the safety part the police send down, but like, he's just amazing. What does being a first responder, what does salute to service mean to you? Salute to service, specifically related to first responders, um, to me means really putting out that positive message that contrary to sometimes what is often shown on whether it's television or the internet or social media, it really puts the positive perspective. And I think what a lot of people truly get to see, but maybe just isn't in the headlines or promoted as often as maybe it should be, is that you know we're just regular people just like everybody else and we truly want to make a positive impact impact in the community, again, whether you're a firefighter, a police officer, a nurse, teacher, whatever it might be, um, we all have that same goal, and that's to, you know, be positive, contributing members to the community and just try to make, you know, everyone's lives a little bit better. Steve Scafidi Salute to Service is presented by Educators Credit Union and the Packing House Restaurant. If you love that story and want to hear it again, or maybe you want to share it with someone else in your life, text the word HERO to the Old National Bank talk and text line. It's 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old. Text the word HERO to 855-616-1620 to get a link to that story.